You are listening to Gridge Fridge, a podcast by the Mortgage Center for Public Service at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Gridge Fridge is a podcast that holds food for thought, hence its name. Gridge Fridge is dedicated to connecting community, campus, and student voices that foster, shape, and cultivate a thriving democratic society. I'm your host, Lane Bottomiller. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back. I know what you're thinking. OMG, another Gridge Fridge episode so soon. What did I do to deserve this special treat? Right? I mean, you were probably sitting around wondering, when is the next Gridge Fridge episode going to be here? Lucky for you, the wait is over. We're back, and we are here with a bonus episode. I'm so excited to be introing my conversation with Crystal Potts, the Director of State Relations for UW-Madison. Crystal is the person that connects UW-Madison with the state government. She advocates for the university, communicating its needs, interests, and proposed funding. Crystal's office also oversees UW-Madison connecting with the state of Wisconsin through programs like Bucky's Classroom or Badger Ambassadors. In her position, Crystal meets with and talks to legislatures and stakeholders from all over the state, conveying the benefits that UW-Madison brings to Wisconsin. She's balancing these interests and hoping to rouse support for the university and its development. The university having proper funding and state-of-the-art facilities is critical to UW-Madison's competitiveness and enrollment, and this trickles down into Wisconsin's economy and workforce. Keep listening, and we'll talk about how UW-Madison's relationship with the state government impacts the rest of the state. Well, hello, welcome to Gridge Fridge. First, I'll have you start off just by introducing yourself. Tell us a little bit about your background and your current position. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, everyone. I'm Crystal Potts. I'm the Senior Director of State Relations for UW-Madison. A little bit about the current position that I'm in. So State Relations is kind of the front door uh, for governor's office, state legislators, state agencies, anything to do with state government. I'm kind of the person that I run point of contact for the campus. And so anytime, you know, someone from the governor's team, governor himself is on campus or, you know, legislators have questions about policies and certain bills or things that we're doing on campus, I'm the person that responds to them. So main point of contact for the campus. I will also say that state relations also encompasses another big, you know, kind of bucket of programming um, on behalf of state relations. There's three programs there one of which is our Badger Talks program. So that is um, our kind of speakers bureau. So researchers, um, some grad students, uh, faculty members kind of sign up to be part of the program. And if there are organizations that are looking for speakers in specific topics or areas, then we would call upon these folks to volunteer their time to serve as resources or speakers for these organizations. Um, Our Bucky's Classroom program, so admissions largely has like the high school space, but we also have an exploratory program for seventh grade middle schools across the state of Wisconsin that kind of lets them explore post-secondary options. Great if it's Madison, but also there's, you know, a number of other UW system campuses, um, you know, tech colleges and other options as well. And then finally, our Badger Ambassadors program. So we send uh, students, current UW-Madison students across the state to represent uh, the campus at various events. So like anytime there's a fall fest or an apple fest or any kind of fest, uh, we have students there kind of handing out stickers and, you know, we've got a prize wheel and, you know, it's really great for the kids as well. So that's kind of an overview of the programming and then the current position. Um, In terms of my background, I am a proud alum of UW-Madison. I am a first-generation college student originally from uh, just outside the cities in Minnesota um, and fell in love with the campus when I first visited here, made a very, very quick decision to come here for school. It was here that I discovered my 
love for state government. I was a poli-sci and Chinese major um, and interned downtown on the square for various fir lobbying firms and in the Capitol and you know, from there kind of got into politics and jumped right in. And then since then, now I am currently in my dream role of representing my alma mater. So it's a very, it's, one, it's a wonderful story. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So then as Director of State Relations, you're advocating for the university to the state government. Yes. Can you outline a little bit about what that kind of work looks like for people who might be unfamiliar with lobbying or lobbying for a university? Yeah, absolutely. So kind of where I sit, uh, I represent the entire campus. So the priorities of the chancellor, um, you know, the Board of Regents, when they pass a budget request, I'm the person in working with some of my colleagues over at the Universities of Wisconsin, that's what they're, they're called now. Um, we work, you know, together to advocate for the priorities on behalf of the students, the faculty, and the staff here at the university. You know, in terms of what we're advocating for, that kind of depends from year to year. The priorities change generally, but mostly it's around state support for the university. We get about, the system as a whole gets about a billion dollars from the state and just general operating funds. And so it's up to myself and my colleagues in government relations at the universities of Wisconsin uh, to advocate for that continued financial support from the state and from the taxpayers. When you're working, what does your typical day-to-day -day work day look like? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a big reason why I am so in love with this job, is that it really depends on what, <laughs> uh, I mean, are, is the legislature in session? If they are, you know, I'm typically downtown. I'm in offices going door-to-door -to, -door to talk about, um, you know, whatever is on the agenda. You know, sometimes there are bills affecting the university on the agenda, and so usually I'm downtown talking to members about you know, what, how we feel about them, whether we love them, whether we don't. But otherwise, it's usually spending half my time here on campus uh, talking with internal stakeholder audiences. So, mm -hmm. you know, students, faculty, staff, shared governance organizations, departments, schools and colleges that are just curious about kind of what is going on downtown, providing those updates. But then the other part of my time is spent downtown, like I talked about, just kind of talking to legislators about what the issues of the day are. And depending on, again, whether or not they're in session, it really, um, and it, whether it's budget season, it's usually budget. If it's non-budget season, there's usually bills that we're kind of involved in. Right, and so you're really, part of your job is really like demonstrating, hey, kind of making a case for the university, Yeah, absolutely. Right? What made me think of having you on the podcast, I had you as a guest speaker in one of my poli-sci classes. Oh, wonderful, um, yeah. Poli-sci 272. <laughs> and I thought I remembered you saying that, like, having to get support from the state government for funding is kind of rare among Big Ten schools. Is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. I would say that, you know, most Big Ten schools, with the exception, I think, Northwestern is the only private mm -hmm. university that the others, the other folks, my other colleagues at the Big Ten universities have a very similar role as me. I think the relationships with state government look a little different from place to place, depending right. on what you're, where you are. I mean, you know, Wisconsin is very different from like what my colleagues do at the University of Maryland, right? Like that looks very different. Um, or in, at Nebraska, where you know there is only one house of the state legislature, and they're in a, for a very short period of time, and then you kind of like get in, get out, and you gotta like do your lobbying within like two or three months of the year. Versus around here, where we have a full-time legislature, right, um, and a two-year budget cycle that is ongoing, and so it looks a little different. But generally speaking, yeah, the the Big Ten universities, big public flagships, land grants, all have my position. Right, and then when you are talking to 
the state government. Is that specifically for like writing university needs into budgets or is it also like bills or like kind of what are some of the things that you're looking for? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of both, right? So in, during the state budget process, um, we are trying not only kind of that, that one billion that I was telling you about of, you know, continuous state support that's provided to the, all of the universities of Wisconsin, but then also there are times when, you know, there's a desire by certain legislators who have maybe pet projects or things that are important to them. So one example I'll use is the Dairy Innovation Hub. Mm -hmm. It doesn't affect all um, of the campuses in the universities of Wisconsin system, but it does affect three of the ag campuses, right? So Madison, River Falls, and Platteville. And that was a specific project that was written into um, the budget bill two sessions ago because it was really important to a group of legislators that represented very rural areas in the state, very mm -hmm. ag-dependent parts of the, the economy there. So that's like just wanting some. Sometimes those types of things do happen. Uh, for our last budget, we tried to get the Freshwater Collaborative going, which affects uh, a number of universities of Wisconsin system campuses, but um, you know, Madison's definitely affected. Milwaukee kind of led that effort. And so it's kind of like depending on you know, how we, um, well, first kind of how the Board of Regents views the, the budget process and the budget request. But on top of that, I think it's really being attuned to our stakeholder audiences. So like mm -hmm. the Water Council, for example, really, really pushed for the Freshwater Collaborative. That's like a private organization that represents businesses that have a stake in water. For the Dairy Innovation Hub, the Dairy Business Association, Farm Bureau, like all of these wonderful partners of ours that are external people that can deliver that message felt strongly. So we wanted to be good partners in this um, and be responsive to their needs. So it kind of depends, right? Like sometimes we have pet projects that we have in the budget, um, but then also on the, you know, in the regular session, there's obviously individual bills that the university weighs in on, you know, um, provides institutional kind of standing on where we're at on them. Um, suggestions for revisions or amendments. We also have bills that we do really like and try to push as part of um, the chancellor and the campus's priorities. So one of which I'll give an example of the uh, Minnesota Wisconsin tuition risk because you and I are mm -hmm. both from Minnesota, right? <laughs> it doesn't at all impact the way or how much Minnesota students pay to come to the University of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. But I think many, I didn't know this, but many students who are Minnesota residents that come to Wisconsin don't realize that the difference that they pay in tuition doesn't actually come to the universities that you mm -hmm. attend. It actually just goes to the state fund. And this is based on some like 1970s agreement with the state of Minnesota. And so what the bill would simply do is just allow the campuses, the individual campuses to keep the money, the difference, right? And like, it's a small thing, but it's kind of like a lot of those kinds of small changes actually are pretty significant. Right. You know, when it comes, and for some of these campuses at like Stout or River Falls, like that's a big, I mean, that's a big chunk of change for them that they're sending to the state every year. So, you know, like I said, both budget, but also individual legislation as well. And then kind of your point that you were talking about with like having these kind of, I guess, I don't know if research in, uh, initiatives is the right word, but these kind of connections among the state between Madison and different state legislatures that kind of reminds me of the Wisconsin idea, right? Yeah, like bringing absolutely. the like education from like the universities of Wisconsin out into the rest of the state. In your role, what are some ways that you've seen UW Madison like reaching to different parts of the state? Oh, absolutely. This is actually like the my favorite part. I mean, there's a lot of things that I adore about this role, but one of the things that I love the most is learning about how students and staff are making an impact in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. You know, we're the land grant university. And as you mentioned, Lane, the Wisconsin idea is such a critical part of like our DNA, which makes the state relations role so important in this larger kind of operation that we've got going on. But, you know, the examples that I see 
you know, students, grad students doing, you know, capstone projects for local governments. Like I know in uh, Greene County, the Judah School District, uh, mm -hmm. there was a combination of students, faculty, and staff working on um, installing solar panels on their school to make it more sustainable, mm -hmm. right? I know that uh, this the same program also sends, this is the university year program, mm -hmm. um, out, born out of the University Alliance, but they also provide support to EMS in Wausau right, and in Marathon County. Like, those are the kinds of examples. We also have the Wisconsin Partnership Program through School of Medicine and Public, like, countless examples mm -hmm. of ways that students, faculty, and staff, like, think about their work in the framing and the, the context of the Wisconsin idea, right? Like, and part of me feels like a lot of people just assume that it is a part of their role, which I think is so awesome, but I'm always encouraging people to talk more about it, right? right? Like, because sometimes people aren't aware and when these kind of projects and services go away, people notice, but yet I don't think at the time people think to like tell their area legislator about that, right? right? Or tell the governor's office about that. And um, so it's really my job to sort of collect these and try to coalesce them in a way that is strategic about sharing these stories out and about talking about the value of UW-Madison, not just in dollars and cents, but certainly in like the services and resources we provide to local governments and people across the state. Right, absolutely. Getting that message out to people and having mm -hmm. pe having these legislators see like, hey, we do bring value to yep, you. Absolutely. This is why you should, you know, support us, right? Yes. The number one myth I try to bust downtown is that UW-Madison is only for Madison and Dane County. We certainly have a huge impact on this county and right. the city, but it is, it is not our role. We are truly a statewide university. And do you see that the lobbying efforts, I don't know if you're, how much communication you have with like other universities of Wisconsin, do you think that that your approach differs because of that being in Madison? Or like, how do you think those approaches are different based on what UW school? Yeah, so I think in your poli-sci class, we talked a little bit about how I am the only person um, in this, like this role is very unique to UW-Madison yeah. because other schools don't necessarily have either the resources or the capacity to have another person who's just dedicated solely to state government relations. Largely in these other campuses, it's like that person does one, you know, comms and marketing, but also does, mm -hmm. you know, liaising with the government. I would say that, you know, they are really, really, really good about talking about there and demonstrating the regional impact. Certainly they also have statewide impact as well. I don't want to kind of downplay that, but it's really more in that kind of region. And so the way they talk about themselves is a little bit different than mm -hmm. the way we talk about ourselves in that way, right? Like, so for them, it's more regional. For us, it's more talking about it statewide. Right, it's a little more localized. Mm -hmm. So when... We're talking about like funding for the university. What value does that proper funding and these new state-of-the-art buildings bring to UW-Madison? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the number one thing is that making sure that we're aligning kind of that funding with the mission and mm -hmm. then with a competitiveness with other universities. Like our peer institution, I mean, we are fighting above our weight class in almost every single category, right? Like the the way that we um, and where we kind of fall in rankings in terms of various schools, colleges, our research ranking. For a state our size, this should not be. And the fact that it is, is incredible. And it really should be invested in uh, because in a lot of these rankings, especially the one around research, it's pure expenditures. It's how much you spend. And so if we're having to spend money on other things that are um, not research, for example, so say we spend money, I mean, certainly teaching is part of our mission, educating the next generation is part of our mission. Yes, absolutely. But I think, you know, as we're continuing to be spread more thin, then we kind of fall in, like, the, the national recognitions, the right. international recognitions, and those types of rankings that people look at when they're 
looking at kind of where universities fall. So thinking about the importance of that investment by the state, I mean, the state, the, the state itself and our partnership is 175 years old, and the value of it is something that both can be, we try to quantify it the best we can, right? Like, it's like a $30 billion impact annually. But I think it's really hard for some folks to see that, you know, especially when I think sometimes politics gets in the way right. of kind of seeing past things that are, you know, important but upsetting to people in front of their faces, right? Right. That absolutely makes sense. Like, it's all, I mean, it's the rankings and it's the, I'm going here because it's a top-rated program. Mm -hmm. How does that also impact the Wisconsin economy, like the enrollment in Madison and Madison being a competitive school? Yeah, absolutely. So I know that this, the university tries to enroll students from all 72 counties here in the state. It's an important part of, you know, our commitment to the state, um, Wisconsin first in, in what we do. So I think that that is really important to recognize is that we are trying to draw from all parts of the state. Uh, as I mentioned, Lane, $30 billion economic impact annually. I mean, that's like the money our employees spend, right, in their communities across the state. We also have extension. So now we have a physical presence in all 72 counties of employees mm -hmm. as well. So, I mean, we, we truly have that statewide presence and economic impact. Um, the businesses that are spun out from the university from, like, IP and other inventions that are created here on campus, I mean, those have, you know, measurable economic impact. They employ people, you know, Shine in Janesville, which is now supplying isotopes to, to GE Healthcare. I mean, that was kind of spun out of, UW, that was spun out of UW-Madison, right. right? And that's a business now that has a name and people, like, recognize it. So countless examples of things like that. But certainly, too, the ability for us to, you know, keep, Wisconsin students here in Wisconsin is also very, very important. I think that number is about 80%. So if you're from Wisconsin, right. you come to UW-Madison, 80% stay here in the state. And certainly we could always do better. You know, right. we could always do better. We could always partner with the state and do better in that space. But, you know, it's certainly a partnership. Recently, there's been a lot of discussion about the funding for the new engineering building. Would you be able to explain to listeners who maybe aren't familiar with this, why is this new building a priority and what value does it bring to UW-Madison in the state? Yeah, absolutely. So our... Our College of Engineering program is top ranked in the country. And again, kind of going back to like fighting above its weight class, I think that for its size, it's also one of the smallest. It is, I think, one of the smallest in the Big Ten for sure. Um, you know, we have co fierce competition from places like Purdue and Illinois and Ohio State and Michigan um, that are building these like beautiful new buildings. And while, I mean, we are not really in a spot to be kind of participating in some sort of like facilities arms race. I do think that it has an impact when prospective families are coming mm -hmm. to campus and they are touring multiple Big Ten schools, right? Because typically when you wanna to come to UW-Madison, you're looking for a specific experience, right? And so when you compare our facilities to that of some of these other big, big universities who are able to kind of move forward with these um, projects without kind of this ordeal that we've gone through, <laughs> you know, it's it's stark, and families will say, I mean, these labs are, you know, a few decades behind, you know, it just, it doesn't have the same impression that I think having a new facility does. I think the other piece of this, too, is prospective faculty. Like, if we're trying right. to woo a faculty member to campus, um, and they kind of see, well, Michigan's given me a new lab, and, you know, this, like, it's harder to compete in that space, and so that all has, like, this larger impact. I will also say that, you know, we're hoping, because it's such a critical part of the economy 
um, here in Wisconsin that we would be able to enroll hundreds more engineering students. We'd be able to graduate hundreds more engineering students every year because of this. And so that's also a critical part to like keep kind of that engine moving. And the other thing is, I'm maybe um, you've read, Lane, in kind of the newspaper that there is a lot of business support, industry support, donor support for this. I mean, to us, it's really like a no-brainer. I think it's caught up in some other discussions, but you know, it's really going to have a transformative impact on both the engineering part of campus, but then also UW-Madison as a whole. Right, and that actually relates so perfectly to my next question. When you're communicating with, okay, on a political side with legislatures and the business side with possible donors, how do you balance those different priorities and like the different uh, requests that people are making? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that that's really um, a good question because it does take a lot of balancing and threading of specific needles. A lot of times we are aligned with what the business community wants, especially in the case of engineering. That's a great example of, you know, the fact that it was like these firms, these companies across Wisconsin have been asking for more engineers and they, you know, every, I think I, anecdotally, um, the college has said that, you know, students who are graduating get upwards of like 10 to 12 job offers, like graduate right. which is like incredible right and like that's wonderful but we also shouldn't see things like that we should be able to have more graduates to offer right right to These, fill those positions absolutely yeah so I think that trying to balance all of those needs I think is really really important and I think from where I sit my priority is that of state elected officials and those that are in state government and so you know really elevating those voices in the discussion for consideration mm-hmm. for you know the leadership here on campus and then considering it's the 160, oh my goodness, I'm tongue-tied this morning, <laughs> 175th anniversary of UW-Madison, do you have any ideas how the university will continue to expand maybe in the next 175 years? Yeah, that's a really great question. I think that, you know, I kind of alluded to this previously, but, you know, we've been here as long as the state's been here, and to me that is really impactful, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of drives, you know, on a, on a tough day, it like, you know, you have to say that in the mirror, it's like, we're going to be here <laughs> Another 175 years, we're going to be here as long as the state's going to be here. But I think, you know, it really will depend on the demographics of the state moving forward. I don't want to get too kind of in the weeds on this, but I think, you know, the the idea that there are very, there's fewer and fewer high school graduates in the state, I think is should be concerning for all of us. And I think, you know, what we can do to perhaps attract talent from elsewhere, like, right, it should be a combination. It should be right, both Wisconsin students, but then also making sure that we're attracting talent from all over the country, right, recognizing that, you know, UW-Madison has a national and international draw, and so, you know, making sure that we keep in mind both of those things as we move forward, uh, I think is really critical. I think the other piece of this is, you know, what is technology going to look like? What is, what is the next big workforce need or industry need, Mm -hmm. right, moving forward, Um, and will Wisconsin be at the forefront of that, right, and I think that that is, this existential question too of like state government. It's like, are you gonna provide funding for the next big thing, right? We just got a tech hub designation. Is that the next big thing? Like, what is it AI? Like, what is it, right? And making sure that we don't fall behind because I think other states are definitely thinking about, you know, what the next big thing is. And we certainly wanna be a part of that. And I don't see a scenario where UW-Madison isn't a part of the next big thing, the next big challenge that Wisconsin needs to tackle, right? And then my last question is kind of about, like you had mentioned with the Bucky's classroom programs, things like that. 
are those are you ever traveling along with things like those mm-hmm. like out into the state what are some of your yes. like favorite experiences that yes. you've seen through oh programs like that what a wonderful question thank you lane um my favorite is so it's actually earlier this year in the 175 we kicked off the 175 tour with our friends at the wisconsin alumni association in green bay and we had a bucky's classroom in green bay and it was my first time kind of like sitting down and experiencing it with the other students and it was incredible to watch. I mean, first, I'm super, super proud of the UW-Madison students that are like leading and teaching and guiding these students through kind of exploring their um, post-secondary education options. But just this idea and this like the looks I see on the faces of the students that are like, hey, I can afford college. That's huge, right? Like dispelling some of these like horrible myths that it's like college isn't for me or, you know, and, and college isn't for everyone. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying at all. But I think knowing what your options are after mm-hmm. graduation, I think is critical. And I think it's certainly a need here in the state. And so that's gotta be my favorite. And they right. were so pumped. They were so pumped to see the UW-Madison students and the teacher was just talking with the teacher very briefly. And she's like, this is like the best part of their week is right. when your students come here and teach, so. Right, that's really awesome. impactful. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I have some just like fun questions. Oh, fun! For you. Okay, okay. These so I can like easy. I can like sit back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you can take a deep breath. <laughs> okay, so if you're traveling around the state a bunch, you're in the car. Are you a music yeah. in the car or a podcast in the car kind of person? I am a music in the car person. Okay, well, what's your favorite artist? Oh my gosh, this is so. This is gonna like age me terribly, but I was. <laughs> I like, won't judge. I grew up in the late '90s, early 2000s, like boy band. So okay. it's gotta be like the NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, Christina, like. You know, a mixed CD, a burned CD. Is that what burned CD? Oh my goodness. Okay, I was rocking with you until you said CD because I can't okay. remember last time I've touched a CD. I'm so sorry. No, but I've been on Britney Spears' cake recently. Like I so so good, such good energy. Yes. Okay, and then if you're spending a lot of time like near the state capital, what is the best coffee shop around there that you visit? I love Encora. Okay. I love Encora. It's it's really really good. And then I. I transition nicely from like Encora because it's also connected to like Settle Down Tavern, so you can do dinner and then is it Oz by Oz or Ounce by Ounce? It's like cocktails after, so oh, it's like a beautiful. nice, it's a really nice area. Okay, so if you're at Encora, what are you ordering for coffee? I love um, iced coffee with caramel syrup, mm. like you know what I mean, like black, but just a little bit of sweetener in it, just to like give it some like oh, something absolutely. special, right? Like yeah. as you're working through it. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Crystal. If you want to learn more about state relations at UW-Madison, you can visit staterelations.wisc.edu. If you want to stay up to date with state relations, you can find them at State Relations on Twitter and Instagram. Stay connected to all things Mortgage Center at Mortgage Center on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks for tuning into Gridge Fridge, and we hope to see you or talk to you next time.